Hey guys, welcome back to another Swish Waterlad preview show where Surly and I try to tip you guys winners for fun in a competition that is one of the greats. It is Super Rugby. So many games going on at the moment and so many good players playing well. And so many of those players are on Swish too. So um, if you see your favourite player on Swish and you want a video message from him, remember to use the code WATERLAD and you'll get 10% off your order. And that 70%, up to 70% of proceeds do go to Kiwi Kids Charities. So it is a super cool platform and you will get a very cool video back for it. But as always, um, like I said, Surly and I do try and tip you guys some winners. And last week, um, we were awful, to be fair. I think it was the worst week we've had on this podcast. So um, apologies for that. Hopefully you left that weekend alone. But um, if you didn't, we will make it up for you this week, won't we, Surly? Yeah, like the old two-minute noodles and white bread's been copping a pounding this week. But I think the competition organisers would be rubbing their hands and probably the bookies too. A, a massive week for them and no doubt probably piqued the interest for this week. I don't think Ian Foster would have been too fizzed. But um, I'm sure we'll see some great bounce-back performances this week and hopefully we're back on the old winning train. Yeah, no doubt it was bad for the tips, but it, you're right. It was awesome for the competition. It does change the whole dynamic to this competition. I know it was only a couple of weeks ago we were going through our top eight and we weren't expecting too much from the Aussie teams, but if I had to do my top eight now, it would be looking a whole lot different because some of those Aussie teams really stood up and I was really impressed with the footy they were playing. Yeah, it's always hard to judge when they're playing each other and I think we probably did underestimate them, to be fair. Perhaps the quality of of the games they were playing over there were a bit better than we thought. So, yeah, that, that Waratahs one, I'm sure we'll touch on it. But, man, that, that kind of kick-started things. I couldn't believe that. But, yeah, big week ahead. Yeah, and it wasn't just one team standing up, eh, like we sort of might have expected. It was all five of them put in really good performances. All the scores were really close. And um, like you mentioned with the Waratahs, you know, someone that we rated as one of the lower sides in Aussie, beating potentially the best in the comp. So um, some huge upsets, but no doubt we will get through all of those. But we will start with the first game of the round, which was the Reds versus the Chiefs. Another close game, 25-27. This game could have gone either way, to be fair, as well. What would you make of this one? Yeah, like you said, I think it could have gone either way. It was a bit of an interesting game. I think the Reds probably cost themselves in terms of their discipline in the end. Um, I thought the Chiefs certainly made a statement at set-piece time. Their scrum monstered them, and we hadn't really seen that from the Reds. I thought their pack was going all right this year, but... Yeah, Gatlin hitting them flush off the tee, and that probably got them over the line. I think I saw he's kicking at 83% so far this year, so he's he's leading the comp, and he's been dead-eye for sure. But only concern for me with the Chiefs at the moment is they've now conceded 52 points over their last couple games. So while they're scoring plenty, they're actually leaking quite a few, and they're going to have to really tighten that up if they want to take on the Brumbies this weekend. 100%. And there was one try in there that did grab my attention, Harry Wilson's try. Mm. Um, the comps to the referee were really interesting. He said he lost control but still managed to ground it or something. It was quite weird wording, and that same sort of thing happened in that Hurricanes-Brumbies game. So there was a little bit of controversy around some of the groundings. What did you make of that try? Yeah, typically... In rugby, we haven't seen those given in the past. Like yeah. more in like your league and stuff, they allow you to kind of ground it with anything. But normally in rugby, they're a bit harsher. I I wasn't sure. When he first sent it upstairs and you could hear the TMO, I thought it was going to be a no try. But then they kind of talked themselves into it being a try. So 
definitely interesting and I'm kind of glad it didn't come down to that in the end yeah. so yeah well I did have Harry Wilson in my fantasy team so I was super stoked that he got the try but then I was, was really question- <laughs> then I was really questioning how it was given because like you said it must have been sent to the bunker over there because <laughs> um, they're not usually given not usually given in footy but the next game we had was the force versus the blues and Mate, I don't know about you, but I certainly wasn't expecting the force to be this gritty. We always talk about the being the McGritty side, but, mate, they had an opportunity to win this. You would have been nervous in that last sort of five minutes. Mate, this was the, the definition of grit, I think, and for the last kind of two weeks, shit, the Blues have made me a bit nervous. Um, and this one, no different. I think 26 phases they deed out in that last kind of few minutes to hold them out. It was a massive shift from the force. I thought this was going to be one-way traffic, and I kind of sat down looking forward to watching a bit of a cricket score, to be fair, but certainly not the case. And I was impressed with the force. They really hung in there. For the Blues, I don't know. It was, it was an interesting one. I think it's just one of those ones where you bank the win and you kind of move on, but like a few areas where they've been strong at over the previous few weeks kind of fell apart for them. Their line-out was a real shambles. They were good at scrum time again, but yeah, I think a win's a win and they'll just be happy to take the four points and, and move on. Bit of relief probably in the end. Yeah, it looked like they just didn't quite have that edge that they had um, the previous mm. weeks, especially against the Kiwi sides. They were definitely up for all of those games. But you can see how hard it's going to be going over to Perth to play the force over these next few weeks. It's not going to be an easy win, as the Crusaders will probably find out this weekend. But um, definitely changes the dynamics of the competition like what we talked about. But man of the match in that game, Roger Tovasashek. I know everyone talks about him. We like talking about him. What do you make of him? Yeah, I definitely think that was his best performance so far. Like, he was huge. His defense is outstanding. Eh? I think it's often an underrated part of his game, and especially when he was playing fullback in league, it wasn't really that noticed. But one-on-one, like, he just puts in some massive shots. I saw on the Blues' Instagram the other day, too, they were doing some tackle drills. Caleb Clark was holding a pad, and... He just absolutely flattened him, eh? So I think he'll get a bit of a reputation as someone you don't really want to run into. But, man, he just gets gain line so easy, eh, with his footwork. And I think he's definitely putting his hand up to be in the mix come July. A lot of people will say it's probably too soon. But I think the quicker you can get him in that environment, the quicker you'll see him develop even further. So, yeah, I was impressed with Roger. It was great to see. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was his best game with it for sure. And uh, like you mentioned, his D was really impressive. After the first time I watched him play against the Hurricanes, I thought his D was pretty average. It was quite passive, and he was um, giving his chest quite a bit and managed to get fended by Balin Sullivan, who scored that try, and a few moments like that in that game. But, Man, he looks like a real quick learner and someone who works real hard on his craft. And from all the feedback I've had from all the good boys up there, is that's exactly what he does. So um, like you say, it's going to be interesting to see um, what the All Black selectors think of him and how quickly they're going to try and get him involved in their squad. I wouldn't be surprised if they get him in for a training camp, but I would be surprised if they um, do start him in some of these big games against Ireland for yeah. sure. But we will be watching that one with interest. The next game was probably the game of the round for me. This was an awesome occasion, awesome occasion for Super Rugby, awesome occasion for Fiji to see a packed crowd like that. The atmosphere was electric. Drua going down to the Landers, but in a hell of a game. Yeah, for sure. And they could be, that could become a place where not a lot of teams want to go play, eh? Like take on a spirited Drua side in front of that crowd. For the full 80 minutes, they were just going wild, which was awesome to see. 
and the draw certainly showed up. I think the Landers probably got away with one there. Slow start, managed to get back into their flow in the second half and then just hold on late when the draw came back with that vintage finish that they always have. But I was secretly cheering for the draw. I did warn you about this one. I thought she was going to go down to the wire and, and they definitely delivered. But in the end, probably good to see the Landers come away with the win. Yeah, you still lost your money falling for that carrot on the draw. I did warn you about that. <laughs> but I was thinking that you were onto something there. The draw were playing bloody well. And, mate, how good – I know we've been speaking about him a lot throughout this whole season. Is How good is Habossi? That was probably the best game I've seen him play. Mate, it was taking me back to sort of Rupini Thauthau days. He was on fire, just electric, strong, breaking tackles. He, he's got it all, that kid. Yeah, he's he's a highlighted player every week, isn't he? And he certainly delivers, man. He's just so consistent. And for someone that like you'd heard of before but hadn't really watched play much, like it's been a real pleasure watching him play every week. So he's definitely one that you, always worth bums on seats, old Habossi, and no doubt he'll be highlighted again this week for sure. <laughs> no doubt. And the next game, potentially the... Upset of the year, probably. Waratahs beating the Crusaders. I certainly didn't see this game being that close. I thought it was going to be a bit more of a cricket score. But, mate, the Waratahs were surprisingly really good in this game, weren't they? And Crusaders look look like they were missing a couple, but um, they'll be disappointed with their performance. But what do you make of the game? Yeah, I certainly didn't see this coming either. I thought 13-plus. I was telling people to chuck the house on it at the TAB, so hopefully they didn't um, because, yeah, that'll be a bit of a shit show. But what a performance from the Tars. And, man, were they fizzed to get the result too at full time. You saw a few guys in tears and stuff. And I guess when you think about it, they came, what, dead last last year. So what a turnaround for them to then take on the Crusaders and get the win. A massive shift for the Crusaders, yeah. Probably not their vintage kind of performances that we're used to seeing from them so far. Um, down 17-0 at the break, and then you always got the feeling they were going to come back and win it. Just fell short in the end, but I remember looking at half time to see what they were paying to come back and pull off the win, and it actually wasn't that much because I think a lot of people were thinking the same. $2. Yeah. In the end, though... The Tars held on, and I just think, yeah, a few uncharacteristic mistakes from the Crusaders, and it probably cost them in the end. Yeah, for sure. And even in that last sort of 10, 15 minutes when they had 13 players and 14 players, I, it still looked like they were going to win. Like They looked like they were playing their best footy with 13 players and looked like they were still going to manage to somehow sneak home here. But um, the Waratahs were good, I thought. Um, they defended well. Mate, they started off with a hiss and a roar and um, deserved the win. Yeah, for sure. And no, that was great to see it and great for the competition. It just shows if you're off on your day, these Aussie sides can definitely come away with a win. It was noticeable how much they did miss Richie Mawanga. I mean, obviously, he runs a fairly good cutter for them down there. And um, Fergus Burke, I mean, he did a good job, but um, just that class that Richie Mawanga has. And you can see the way he can react to situations when they're in different um, scenarios and how classy he is and how important he is to that squad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Fergus is, is a great player, but there certainly were moments where you thought, oh, shit, what would Richie do here? And they could yeah. certainly love to have him out on the park. Also thought Blackadder, like, man, just what he brings to that team, it's so underrated. And there were also a few moments there where I thought they could do with that workhorse out there as well. Yeah, 100%. Well, they'll be back in there this week and no doubt they'll make a difference. The next game was the Rebels versus the Moana. 26-22, another close battle here. And Moana had their chance here. They sort of 
uh, blew it a little bit. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a tough watch in the end. I was actually really enjoying the game, um, and they certainly had their chances to win it. Old McClutchy, you have to feel sorry for him, missed the kick to touch at the end there off the penalty, and then, unfortunately, a huge effort from the Rebels to knock the ball out on D. I'm not sure what player it was. I think it might have been Gordon, but a massive shift from him to whack it out over the line. But, yeah, a bit of heartbreak for Moana, I think. Man, they'd be desperate to get another win because I still don't think they deserve to be down the bottom of the table, but they just keep just falling short. So, yeah, tough watch in the end. Yeah, and a player who really stood out. It was awesome to see him um, play like this on the biggest stage was Jim Tavatava Nawa, someone we have highlighted a few times as well. Had visa issues at the start of the year, but, man, he hit beast mode in the weekend and the Rebels really felt it. He was brushing off tackles everywhere, scored a good try, and, uh, mate, you could see a few of the Rebels boys well rolling their shoulder after they tried to tackle that big beast. Oh yeah, he's he's a nightmare one on one. Built like a brick, and geez, he'll just send you flying, eh? He'll be in a few Rebels boys nightmares for weeks to come. That's for sure. And yeah, you'd hate to be lining up against Big Jim. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with his international footy, whether he plays for Fiji or um, goes down that route. Because mate, he would be deadly at that next World Cup for Fiji on the back of their back line with the likes of Rajaraja and all those. Other guys who are built like him and just as fast, just as strong, it's going to be some side. Mate, Hobossi inside him, oh. I'd, I'd love to see that. <laughs> Mate, Sova, he's just as, he's probably the most powerful out of the lot. Mate, they could roll a whole back line of just guys all built the same that'll just send you flying. What talent they have, eh? Crazy. <laughs> Absolute nightmare to defend against, but oh, a joy to watch. And the last game of the round, absolute heartbreak, tough watch this one, but the Brumbies absolutely put on a clinic against the Canes. 42-25. Brumbies were good, mate. What did you make of it? Yeah, I thought it was a great win for them, and... To the credit to the Canes too, I probably thought they played a bit better than the scoreline suggested. I actually thought it was a really good game. Uh, I think that 20-minute period after half time though, probably did separate the two sides. The Canes shot out fast after Oranges, and they scored through Rayasi, but then I think, what, 12, three tries in 12 minutes to the Brumbies, and that probably put the game just out of reach. Um, but I enjoyed watching this game. Mint weather over in Canberra, both sides played some pretty good rugby, and yeah, I think in the end the Brumbies were just a bit more clinical and probably deserved the win, but I don't think it's panic stations for the Canes because I thought they looked pretty decent too up against what we are assuming is the best Aussie side. Yeah, I'm agree. I'm glad you saw it like that too. I thought I just had my Hurricane heartstring eyes on, but I thought that was the best the Hurricanes have attacked all year. I thought some of the shapes they ran at the Brumbies were world-class and they just sort of missed that last pass or a couple of options they took were slightly wrong and um, we saw that one opportunity where Blackwell passed it and Valentini manages to get the ball, kick it, run a 50-metre chase and score the try, show some serious wheels for the big man. And so did Numea, by the way, a, a prop to keep up with those two speedsters. Mm-hmm. It was an impressive sight. But, um, yeah, I, I thought the Canes attacked really well and then the Brumbies obviously soaked it all up, defended well, and then um, Nick White, I felt like he controlled that game really well. Again, like we've talked about, his kicking game and just his organisation around um, what they do at the breakdown and um, set piece, he was world-class. Yeah, I think he's an underrated player, eh? I really haven't appreciated how good he's been until kind of this year, last year. His kicking game is just 
insane and the way he drives that team around the park and he makes Lolo Sio's job so much easier as well which is key because he's still just a young 10 so yeah I think with Nick White at the helm there the Brumbies are going to be hard to beat. And where do you see the Brumbies in the whole scheme of things do you see them as finalists potentially winning it semi-finalists? I think the key for them will be getting a home semi if they can secure that then they could be tough to beat over there but I still think You'd have to think our, our top sides are hopefully a bit better than them, although we'll get a good indication this week when they take on the Chiefs. That'll be a, a great sign. But they're definitely a side to be reckoned with, and if they can get a home semi, I think they'll be right in the mix. Yeah, and I do. I can't see them not getting a home semi with where they are on the mm. table and with, the, with what the games they've got left. So it's going to make a real interesting um, come playoff times. But we will get to the preview part of the show um, everyone's favourite part. We'll try and find some value for you. But the first game, Blues versus the Rebels. What do you make of this one? What are you picking? Well, I think this is the week the Blues get back into just that will not lose mentality. I'm going. I'm going big here. He's old Leon McDonald. He's rolled the changes seven in total. Bodie he gets the All Black rest, but uh, good to see Hoskins and Rico back in the mix. And good to see Stevie P get another crack in the 10 jersey as well. I've been impressed with him this year. The Rebels, they've made plenty of changes too, but I think the Blues, too good at home, back at the Fortress, Eden Park, 10 in a row. It's our year, 13 plus. <laughs> Mate, I think it is the best Blues lineup they have, um, barring Bodie. Obviously, he's on All Black Rest Week, but mm. I did have Mark Talia on the podcast yesterday, and he did speak about how they're going to approach some of these Aussie games. And they've got to approach them exactly like they did the New Zealand games, or what they found out in the weekend was they're probably going to come off second best if they take them lightly whatsoever. So um, real interesting to hear that mindset, and uh, he's someone that I've highlighted for this game. Most guys who do come on the podcast generally find a new vein of form, and that's a scary thought because he's been killing it this season. So I'm um, looking to see the same. I feel sorry for the Rebels because uh, Mark Talia is going to have a field day, I think. There we go. So chuck him in any time try scorer for sure. Bloody good tip there. You're on it. I went with old Stevie P. He was my highlighted player. I saw an article earlier in the week that they were talking about him as being a possible All Blacks bolter. Um, not not quite sure about that just because of all the competition and the positions he's playing in. But, man, has he had a great year. And looking forward to him at the helm, guiding the team around. It's a massive luxury for them. Like, Bodie's playing some unreal footy at the moment. But you don't lose a whole lot with Stevie there. I think he's a, really is a quality player. So excited to see him in the 10 jersey. Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see who they go for that third 10 in the all-black environment. Obviously, no DMAC there at the moment to cover that, but mm. at the moment you'd have to be thinking Joshuani, Gatlin, um, or Stevie P, or potentially they could go down with Hunty or someone, but um, I'd imagine it's probably a toss-up between Gatlin and um, Stephen Perifetta at the moment, and if he has a big game this weekend, or vice versa to Gatlin against the Brumbies in a big match, um, could get them the nod. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Hadn't, hadn't really thought about that with old Damien out of the mix. I was wondering if they'd just roll with the two, but I guess you've got to have a third in there. So Yeah, unless they went for like a Harvilly to cover mm. or Geordie Barrett, but I think they'd probably be preferring to get that third one in just in case. Who knows? But we'll leave that up to the guys who get paid the big bucks. The next game, Reds versus the Highlanders. Now, this is going to be such a big game for the Highlanders. Do you think they can do it? 
Well, a few weeks ago, I probably would have said no, but for the Reds, they've got a few guys out this week, which I think is huge. Uh, no Taniela Tupo. I see he's been ruled out for the rest of the season with a calf injury. He's strained the old baby cow, so that's a massive loss for them. And then old Hunter Paisami, he's done his shoulder, just hitting blokes left, right and centre. So a bit of a sigh of relief for the Highlanders midfielders there. And then still no O'Connor, so... It's probably the best opportunity the Landers have to get the win over there, but I do think the Reds will just be too strong and, and have enough to get it done in that 1-12 to 12 range, I think. Yeah, I think this is going to be a real close game. And you, you spoke about the outs, but there is another big in with Jordan Patea coming back into the squad onto the right wing, which was slightly surprising, but uh, he's a dangerous player and I'm looking forward to seeing him back out there. Who did you highlight? I went with his other wing partner, Suliasi Vunivalu. Um, big fan of his, and, and he's been out with injury as well. So excited to see what those two can cook up together. Danger galore. So the Landers' outsides are going to have to be on defensively, or else those two will make them pay. And what about for the Highlanders? I went with Umanga Jensen. I think he's been their biggest kind of back threat this year, and if they can get him involved early on, he gets some good game line ball and kind of gets their back line rolling. So... Hopefully some early pill his way, he can get those big tree trunks over the gain line and get them a bit of momentum out wide. Yeah, you can see when he's not on the field, eh, how much sort of go forward they miss. And yeah. the player I highlight is Mikali Tu'u, who I thought was super impressive. He got through a heap of work and he was a massive part of their go forward and their revival in that game in the weekend. So I'm um, looking forward to another back-to-back big effort from him. So I think um, he could be the difference if those two play well. The next game is Moana versus the Tars. This is a really interesting one. I mean, obviously the Tars beat the Crusaders. Uh, Moana just lost to the Rebels. You would say the Tars should be winning this, but uh, back at Mount Smart Stadium, full crowd available, could be sold out, who knows. Moana boys are going to get up for this, no doubt. What are you picking? Yeah, I actually, I'm with you. I think this is going to be more interesting than a lot of people are expecting. You mentioned back at home, back at the home of rugby league, Mount Smart and Moana, they're probably starting to get a bit desperate for that second win, to be fair. Looking at the draw, I think this and the draw next week are their best two chances to get another tick in the win column. So I expect them to be chucking everything at this one. No Michael Hooper for the Tars, so that'll help their cause. But old Gamble, he kind of plays like a seven anyway, so they won't lose much there. Pretty unchanged side for Moana, so I think if they can get off to a good start, they could make a real game of this one. I'll be going the Tars 1-12, to but I'm really hoping that Moana can pull off the upset at home. Yeah, I'm the same with you, to be fair. I, if the smart money would be on the Tars 1-12, to but um, the heartstrings definitely are favouring Moana, hoping that they can get a win for their crowd, it would be an awesome occasion. Player I've highlighted is the return of Dave Parecki, um, the hooker for the Waratahs. He's coming on the podcast tomorrow. So like Mark Talia, usually see a little bit of a spike in performance and he's been one of the best for the Waratahs this year. He's been out for the last three or four weeks with an injury, but um, the physicality he brings will be coming at the right time with some of the big boys he's going to have to uh, try and win collisions with. So looking forward to seeing him back out there. Who did you go? Shit, that might have to be a little left nut option in the multi, mate. I'll have to chuck that one in. That's a great shot, actually, against the Moana Maldi. Oh, I went with our big Mike Curry in the six jersey for Moana. I've been impressed with him this season. I think he's a good line-out option for them, strong ball carrier, and I just think he's been a great pickup. I don't think he was actually in their initial squad 
they've called him in, and he's gone on to be a key player for them. So, yeah, I went with Mike Curry. I like it. It's going to be a good game on Saturday afternoon. And then for the big one, the game of the round this weekend, Chiefs versus the Brumbies. You've already mentioned it. You feel like the Brumbies are a bit of value here, and hard not to agree with that. I feel like Chiefs are a bit short, um, considering the efforts we've seen from the Brumbies um, so far. They just have a really complete squad. That it's really balanced. They've got good players all over the field, and they seem to be all buying to their system and know what they're trying to do. So I'm with you. I'm still going to go the Chiefs just, but I would not be surprised to see the Brumbies win this. And if I was having a punt, I'd be going the Brumbies at that 310. Yeah, I was I was really surprised to see anything. I was kind of thinking they'd be around that that two fifty mark, but three tens massive value. But yeah, this is going to be a great game. Definitely the game of the week for me. Uh, huge matchups all across the park, and I'm looking forward to seeing those loose forward trios rip into each other. Eh, the Brumbies have really impressed me in that area, and then Sam came back for the Chiefs, so. That'll be a bloody good watch. But I think the home ground advantage might just get the Chiefs across the line. Hopefully she's a full crowd down there. And I think it could even be in that kind of one to seven range. I think she's going to be really close. I think the point starts seven and a half. So that could be a good option for the Brumbies there too. But yeah, it could be a real nail biter. I'll back the Chiefs, but just. Yeah, to be fair, that seven and a half is probably the best way to play this game. Have the safety of Chiefs winning by seven, but knowing that. Um, it's probably going to be a close game. The player I've highlighted, or the matchup I've highlighted, is the two nines. We've spoken about Nick White, but I have been really impressed with Cortez Ratama. Um, such an explosive player, good skills. I remember watching him for the New Zealand under-20s against Tasman at the start of last year and thought, shit, who's this kid? He's bloody good. And now here he is on the big stage, running the cutter for the Chiefs and looking really dangerous. What have you made of him? Yeah, I didn't actually know a whole lot about him. I'd heard some big raps, but I hadn't seen much of him playing. Yeah. But, man, his energy, and he's just into everything. He's physical. You can hear him yeah. screaming through your TV set, which is what you want from all good nines. And, yeah, he looks to be the real deal. So I've been really impressed with him. And normally when they lose a player like Weber, you'd assume it would have a massive impact on them. But I think he's stepped in really well. Yeah, the Chiefs have some real good young talent coming through. Eh? And you've seen that with the likes of Brody Retallick coming out and then just Josh Lord steps up. Brad Weber comes out. Cortez steps up. They feel I feel like they've got that across their whole squad at the moment. Some really good, talented kids who are able to step up and replace some of these more experienced guys without too much of an effect. So... Um, they're in a good space at the moment. Who, who have you highlighted in this game? I went with Atene Nanaisatoro. Just oh. good to see him back in the mix. Couldn't go past the old photosynthesis socks. And uh, no doubt he'll be bringing out the razzle-dazzle and looking to mesmerise some Brumbies defenders. So I went with him, and I reckon he's a shoo-in to score a try. He's paying two bucks. Oh. Maybe the TAB forgot how lethal he was. So chuck him in the mix. Mate, that sounds like a left nut. Dave Parecki into... Nanai Satoru, here we go. Now we're talking punters. We are finding some value for you. Okay, the next game, Force versus the Crusaders. Will the Crusaders get back on the horse and put the Force away, or will the gritty Force be able to get an upset or maybe even keep it close? What are you picking? Yeah, I think the Crusaders will really be looking to bounce back this week, and the Force have probably met them at the worst time possible, I think. The Crusaders certainly won't be underestimating them coming in off a loss and then seeing how far they push the Blues. So I expect this to be a more vintage Crusaders performance. A few big names returning as well. So yeah, I think Razor's men will be too strong. And I've 
I'll put them in that 13 plus range, but I expect it to be in the lower side of that rather than like a 30 plus. I think it it should be in that 11 to 20 margin probably. Oh, I like that. Finding some margin value too. And it's hard to argue with that. Like the return of Richie Moe and Ethan Blackett as we talked about. And you look at their back line, you're like, holy mm. shit, this is a good team. And how do they not beat this four side when you compare it to the four squad? But um, like we've talked mm. about, heading over to Perth, home crowd, um, force, they know they make their tackles, they make you win the game. So um, they'll no doubt at some point frustrate the Crusaders in this game, but um, I think they'll have too much class across the board to um, not run away with this one for a pretty comfortable win. Like you say, I think that 11 to 20 margin is quite a nice one, actually. Fair play. $4, is it? Oh, juicy. Okay, and the last game of the round, Canes versus the Drua. Love watching the Canes play on a Sunday afternoon and up against the mighty Drua, who are always entertaining at Westpac Stadium. Oh, how good's that? What are you picking here? Well, I would ask you back, what are you picking? But I think we all know. I tell you what, though, I wouldn't be underestimating the draw. I see there's a lot of changes made. But shit, if she's a sunny day down in Welly, the draw boys could well and truly come to play. I think the Canes will be too strong. Great to see Dane Coles back in the mix. And also Owen Franks to make his debut for the for the Canes. So that's huge. Um, two big ins for them. And I'm excited to see how the lad in the eight jersey goes on debut. I think the drawer will come to play, but I think the Canes should just be too good at home. So I'll probably go, I'll go the 13 plus, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the drawer kept it closer than that. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I mean, I'm heavily heartstringed with the Canes here, but um, like you say, with no Artie, no Geordie, two of the most influential players in this Canes side um, against the Drua, who will love playing in the afternoon footy, ball in one hand. I think there'll be a lot of points in this game. I think there'll be um, tries from everywhere. So um, I'm not. I wouldn't be against going that margin. I think it's three dollars eighty. Um, Hurricanes one to twelve, um, and money back special mm. if it does blow out to that thirteen plus margin. So that's the way I'd probably be playing this. There's not much value in just backing the cane. So I think that's the best way to try and find some value. Who's your highlighted player in this one? Uh, surprise, surprise, I went with the draw and went with Habossi. Um, don't know if you know much oh. about him, but he's been impressive all year. Uh, always exciting. And uh, yeah, like you said, Sunday Arvo footy, I think that'll really excite him. So look out for some vintage razzle-dazzle. Yeah, I'm looking forward to his matchup with Wes Hooson, mm. uh, who was obviously in classy form the week before he was rested or rotated, whatever they're doing down there. But he was, he's been on fire this season. I think he's going to try and shut down Habossi. He's going to have to try and shut down Habossi pretty early because we've seen how dangerous he is when he gets up some steam. But I'm um, really looking forward to that matchup on a dry, hopefully sunny afternoon down in Wellington. It's going to be something to watch. And you've also mentioned it, the return of Dane Coles, the niggle goat up against the Drua, who don't mind a little bit of niggle themselves. So um, that's going to be interesting watching that last 30 minutes, see how many Fijians he can wind up in 30 minutes. The bookmaker should probably open a, uh, a margin on that. I'm going to say four plus. What would you go there? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to back you there. And I tell you what, there's a few blokes in that Drua team that you wouldn't want to give too much to. They look like they could throw them, but... Yeah, with the rate we're seeing red cards at the moment, there could be a handful towards the end of the game once Colsey gets into the mix. But, yeah, look, same time as the Warriors game, so maybe he'll be asking the Drua boys for a few score updates. I know he's an avid Warriors fan, but 
Yeah, it'll be bloody good to see him back out on the park, and hopefully he can dot down for a vintage meat pie as well. That would be a heck of a welcome back. How good would that be? Oh, what a round of super rugby we have to look forward to. Quick update for my fantasy team. A pretty another standard round for me last week. Didn't move any places. Stayed in third spot. Uh, this weekend, I'm being pretty fortunate. I'm not going to make any trades. I'm running out of trades heavily. Um, coming into the back end of this competition, got Richie Mwanga coming back. He's going to be my captain. Uh, no-brainer for me with um, Geordie being rested, unfortunately. Um, but it just means my back three is going to be Will Jordan, Wes Goosen, and Lester Fanganuku. So I'm pretty excited to have those three back there. And I'm just going to be missing one lock, which I'm happy to be missing. I'm not going to waste a trade on a lock who averages two or three points a game. So... Um, that's the way I'm looking to play this in the back end, looking to make my run over these next four weeks and take out the not only the Waterlad competition but the whole competition like I promised I would at the start. For you, mate, I need to get your bet of the week. I know you've been finding value throughout the season. Now I just want to find one thing from you that all the punters who are listening can just go and back with confidence knowing that they're going to be eating some Wagyu this week. Yeah, we've mentioned a few in this, which I already that I, I really like. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably back my man, Atene Nanai Satoru. I mentioned $2. You could probably even multi that up to a little same gamer with the with the Chiefs 1-12 to 12 or even 1-7 to 7 if you're feeling confident. That would be paying juicy. But yeah, that should be a heck of a game. And he's had a couple of weeks off, so I'm expecting him to, to really bring the Raz this Saturday. I like it. So for my bet of the week, I'm, I'm picking Wes to have a field down Saturday. I think he's going to score a try. Surely I know you're pretty keen on the Drua winger to score, the Warriors man. Yeah, look, back in New Zealand where he's scored many meat pies before, so he'll be looking to dot down for sure. And I think he's been caged up for a couple of weeks, so expecting him to bring his best. And look, he, he's always a chance for a meaty. He's got talent galore, so expecting a big shift from him. Yeah, he's a big, powerful man. So for those two to score and this game to be over the total points, I am expecting a very high-scoring game in this. It is 60 points, so I'm guessing it's going to be around 40-something, 20-something. And for that to happen, this is the Waterlead Power Play, $8. Pretty juicy, that one, I think. Um, I think Wes will mm. score. Wouldn't be surprised if Surly's mate scores. Big, powerful guy on the end of the line. And I am expecting a lot of points in this game. So $8 in that one. If you're keen to have a play, make sure I get a lot of messages every week where to find the Waterlad Power Plays. You've got to go to Super Rugby Pacific. Click on the outrights where you find like the competition winners and stuff like that down the bottom. Scroll down to the Waterlad Power Plays and there's a few down there this week. And that one is the special. So uh, always gamble responsibly, but um, do enjoy that one. That was a fair bit of value in that one for you all. So... Hope you enjoyed it. Um, cheers for joining us again, Surly. Looking forward to um, following your tips as always. Well, hopefully a few more winners this week and we can get back into the green. Tough well, tough times last week, but hey, always back on the train. Here we go, boys. Oh, it's a roller coaster for sure. Oh, the best ride in the world. <laughs>